Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. So we continue on with the fruit of the Spirit. And as we've been continuing on, we've been using that particular fruit as the word of the day. We're honored, uh, just greatly honored that you take the time to uh, allow this broadcast to come across your earwaves. And we've been honored that Pastor Tony Miller's been with us to finish up the fruit of the Spirit. And good morning, Pastor Miller. How are you? I'm doing well right now. And I thank the Lord for the strength he gives me uh, for being about a three quarters of a century, uh, I'm doing well. I have reason to be thankful to the Lord. And 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 I'll tell you, folks, and and Pastor's not soliciting this in any way. I always tell you how Pastor Miller is among my favorite pastors from my entire life, and just a great guy, a godly guy. He practiced. Uh, he practices over and over again. And earlier on in his life, he practiced what he preached. Uh, he served God for many years as a Bible college dean, as our pastor for many years, just decades of great service. And, you know, sometimes, Pastor, it's a good thing to be three quarters of a century old, and uh, especially when you're opening up the Word of God and you know that. And uh, all those years you've been opening the Word of God, all those years you've been uh, studying, you talk about getting yourself right at the end of high school, getting saved earlier on. And uh, so for the best part of 50-something years, you've been serving God. I'm thankful for that. And it's a rare thing, folks, that I go somewhere and I'll say, do you guys know Pastor Tony Miller? And uh, people who know him always perk up and say, I know Pastor Miller. He was good to me. Uh, I had one guy tell me I met Pastor Miller coming into town on my way at a gas station on my way to Bible college. He just walked over and asked me if I was all right. And uh, so, Pastor, you've got a good testimony of uh, these things we've been covering, the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, your gentleness, your goodness, your faith, and we thank God for that. And so today's word of the day is meekness. And and uh, I always, when I think of the word meekness or meek, I love that verse over in Matthew 5, 5, and uh, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, over in Titus, as he talks to us, and, uh, to speak evil to no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto men. So, Pastor, your definition here and in, in coming into that word meekness today. Yes, a lot of people think that meekness would mean weakness. In other words, if you're meek, you're going to be weak. But that's not the case. Uh, really, meekness is strength. And in this case of the fruit of the Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit's strength and our own person surrendered to serve and to be surrendering our rights to God. So what I would define it as, it's a humble surrender of rights, our so-called rights or the rights we think we have. We surrender them to God, and then we humbly serve others to meet their needs. And I think Christ is the example of this when we talk about the cross as he's approaching that evening before he's crucified. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, if it be possible, 
let this cup be removed from me. He's saying, uh, I have the right to, to say no, but he says, if it be possible, let that be removed from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And there Jesus, the strong son of God, God in the flesh, he surrendered the, the, the bypass of the actual desire to not want to go to Calvary just from a natural standpoint. And he surrendered it over to God to serve us. So I think that's a, the classic example of it. So could we put it this way? This is someone that has strength, that surrenders strength and rights to God to serve others. Wow. And that's a great place to be. I mean, over and over again in God's word, it's, you know, we're told to be meek. Uh, we're told that the meek shall inherit the earth and uh, should delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And I love that you came right out of the shoot. And, and to be honest with you, I really knew you were going to. And um, over the years, so many people think that meekness is a weakness, exactly what you said. And and to correct that right out, right off the front is very, very important. And, and you know, when I think about meekness, I, I end up, I've been really deep in the book of Romans in my, in my morning study and uh, and Romans 12 was the one of the only chapters of the Bible that I attempted to memorize I did a pretty good job on it 25 years ago but I remember that verse one of those ones that stick with me and I think kind of covers meekness as well where it says bless them which persecute you bless and curse not now if that's not a state of meekness needed there I don't know what is and uh, to offer blessings to those who persecute you to those who try to hurt you are we on the right track there pastor is that what that's talking about there oh certainly if it takes more strength to bless someone that's wronged you than to curse them and a lot of people think uh, i'm being strong because i cursed that guy out that did me wrong or i showed him a thing or two i paid him back you know i slugged him in the mouth because they uh, spoke to me wrongly. And I can remember, and Brother Doug, I, you, you tried to say that I've uh, lived this kind of life. Well, I want to say as a young man, I did not live a meek life. I can remember a, a guy in high school coming one time and up to me and he says, you leave my girlfriend alone. Uh, I think you're trying to pursue her. He's a junior in high school. I'm a sophomore in high school. He pushes me and uh, the more I thought about that, the next day I came to school with fighting clothes on and I wouldn't let him back down unless he was going to apologize. And uh, I hate to say that, but I was not exercising meekness. I was exercising flesh, sin nature, flesh strength. And uh, I'm, I said, I'm going to I'm going to show this guy a thing or two for treating me this way. But, you know, many times it takes more strength to take and turn the other cheek and uh, to, to do good to those evil to you or to bless those that curse you. And so it takes the Holy Spirit. His fruit is produced in us when we yield to him to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that you're talking about, you know, we should as Christians have some type of uh, self-restraint. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, we think over there in Second Corinthians where the love of Christ constraineth us is, is what just came to my mind as I'm thinking about, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's self-restraint. It's merciful, too. And, and I think that's what makes it, uh, makes us know that this is a fruit of the Spirit is where mercy comes in. Because when mercy comes in, I mean, that changes every situation I think I've ever been in. When, you know, when you have that meekness and meekness in my mind involves mercy. And, uh, and so when mercy shows up, when we know that God is in the house, something good's getting ready to happen. Uh, there's something great happening here. And, uh, so, so pastor, so when do you get to the place? I mean, I've been there too, where you show up in fighting clothes. I mean, you're ready to go. Uh, what brought you to that place? What's the time frame or the thing you can point to where it all changed and meekness showed up, that self-restraint, that mercy? Is there something you can point to? Is there an era? Is there something you were doing different? Well, the thing that happened to me, this was whenever I was 15 that I described that situation. And, uh, I went on through high school though. I had received Christ. I was not in the word of God. I was not in a Bible preaching church. I wasn't being discipled. I wasn't yielding to God. And so I wasn't living a spirit filled or a spirit controlled life. But whenever you get to a point where you surrender everything to God and say, okay, God, and that happened to me at age 19. I tried to make myself happy for years, and I was finding myself more and more unhappy and dissatisfied and empty inside. And, you know, I read just recently the story of a man that's involved in the United States athletics, and he's had two marriages, two divorces. He's had five children. He achieved in two professional sports. He's well-known throughout our country, but he tried to commit suicide. And he said, I just didn't have peace didn't have joy. Well, until you surrender out to God's spirit, you're not going to have joy and peace. Those are the second and third fruits of the spirit listed in this passage. But the meekness came when I told God at age 19, after an accident that I had, God, from this day forward, I'm not going to try and make myself happy. Yeah. Forward, whatever pleases you is going to please me. So God, just show me from this day on what you want me to do. I'm going to go back home uh, and you show me what you want me to do. And when I started in that vein, that's when I started getting a meekness in my life. And that was yielding to God, yielding over to the Holy Spirit. And thus the fruit of the Spirit starts developing. And that's wonderful. And folks, listen, we're going to come right back. We're going to hop into temperance. You'll see that meekness and temperance look an awful lot like each other, and they, they're put together here in the Bible and for good reason. So let's go ahead and play this commercial for our radio stations, and we'll be right back. So hang with us for a minute.
Hey, thanks for hanging with us. And and just looking at the end here, Pastor, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against which there is no law. And, uh, and, and we think of temperance, and whenever I think of temperance, again, I'm going back to that idea of uh, emotional restraint, self-control, slow to anger, doing the godly thing, uh, you know, thinking of so many things in my mind where I did not display of meekness and temperance, the fruit of the spirit, uh, but teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And again, meekness and temperance, Pastor, against which, uh, and and we're looking at that right here in the Bible. Uh, such there is no law. So when you think of that, brother, when when you think of temperance, what comes to your mind? Okay, you want to talk about temperance a little bit. I think it, the literal word means to, to a grasp in hand or to control oneself. And so it had to do with someone grasping a hold of something firmly and controlling it. Well, we are to control our desires, our passions, and our appetites. And it, this really temperance itself self-control, like you said, but for what he's saying here, the fruit of the spirit, spirit control, meaning to the spirit, acting the way I want to act, but letting him control my responses. And Jesus, uh, he on the cross could have asked, yes, I want that sedative that you're offering me in a drink, on a sponge, on a, a long stick. Uh, I, I need it. I'm thirsty. I'm, I'm, I need a sedative. But he didn't give into that. He was going to suffer the full amount controlling himself in order to pay for the penalty of our sin. And, you know, Peter says to uh, this about Jesus. He did no sin. Neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he was threatened, he threatened not back, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. So Jesus displayed committing one's being vindicated or justified. He committed that to God the Father, said, I'm not going to settle the scores. I'm going to control my responses, and I'm going to serve you, God, and I'm going to meet the needs of others. Yeah, that's great. And you know, when I think of the word temperance too, one of the worldly things that come to my mind is, you know, like an abstinence from alcohol, from drugs, you know, it's the other side of just letting loose all those different things. It, 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 again, these are actions that the spirit does within us to, to take us away from these things that are, you know, can hurt us, can, uh, can bring us and again back to that first corinthians 9 a good way of saying that is but i keep under my body and bring it into subjective lest that by any means when i have preached to others i myself should be a castaway and and one of the things that i do and what i was trying to explain a minute ago now i can with the bible's help is temperance for me where the rubber hits the road is 
I need to be godly with my actions. And there's some things that I need to have self-restraint over and have control over. And we live in a world, I think, pastor, where, you know, everything's going, everything's good. Do what you want. If it makes you feel good, just go ahead and do that. And yet we serve a God that is contrary to that. It's contrary to really everything of the world, but we serve a God that gives us what we need to stay away from these things that have kept us in bondage, uh, thinking about things like alcohol, lust, drugs, um, all those different things that yeah. the devil can have. Uh, there's a crack within us if we have those things, and the devil can have a bit of a stronghold on our lives, right? Well, yes, these appetites that are wrong appetites, the desires of the flesh, drunkenness, revelings, all kinds of immorality, partings, orgies. Uh, Magnus Maximus cho- said, choose rather to punish your appetites than be punished by them. And that's a great statement. Yeah. It's to punish your appetites than to be punished by them. And one person put it this way, hold tight rain over three things. Three T's, thought, temper, and tongue, and you will have few regrets. And that's what I've come to realize more and more in life. Control my tongue, my temper, you know, and everything along that line. But Daniel Webster, the one that developed the dictionary, he was a Christian, he was a believer. And he says, liberty exists in proportion to restraint. So the Holy Spirit's restraint gives us liberty. We don't become servants to sin and appetites. It's kind of like my dad. I remember him saying to me one time, we were, we had a bag of corn chips, I think it was. And my dad said, son, if I open up one of those bags of corn chips and I eat one of them, I want to eat the whole bag. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with your dad. Yeah. Alter that sugar. Well, uh, Self-restraint <laughs> when it comes to that is, is necessary. And uh, so I would just like to say, Jesus Christ, what an example he is to us of how he responded on the cross of Calvary when he was suffering the worst trauma, the worst pain, the worst hurt, the worst experience, being separated from God. And yet, what did he do? He didn't commit any sin in his response. Spirit controlled. Yeah, yeah. And 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 friends, again, we're we're trying to be Christ-like. That's literally what the word Christian means. We're uh, through this discipleship or sanctification process. So I, I want to take this time to advertise on behalf of the local church, on, on behalf of your pastors and things out there. Is, listen, it's so important that you're plugged in to a Bible-believing, uh, Christ-teaching, God-loving, missionary-supporting church. And, yes. uh, and, and boy, I'll tell you, Pastor Miller and I, we're the type of people who can help you find a good one. So if you drop me a note at Doug at wounded spirits.com, we're going to, we're going to make a recommendation to you. So, so pastor, we're talking about these appetites and I love the tease, by the way, what a great example. I, I don't think God has ever wasted a good example on you, pastor. So we, we, we try, you know, many of us 
here's a good example. Many of us listening right now are earlier on in our Christian faith. So if I was to poll a lot of the people listening to me, I have really extremes. I have those people who are serving as missionaries around the world. Uh, I have people who are just being saved. Then I have a group of people that have just been through the most terrible, terribles that question in their own selves. And, and I'm changing the subject on you, Pastor, just for a couple minutes. We only got a couple minutes left. But I had someone write me a note, and they said, you know, Brother Doug, do I need to forgive myself? And, of course, I answered them and said, no, you got to trust in God's forgiveness. Now, can you take your half of a century in the ministry in two minutes now and, and answer that person about forgiving themselves? Well, first of all, uh, to be able to forgive someone, you have to be able to pay for their sin. Mm. And that's the situation that we're dealing with here. You, even some people get extreme today and say, well, you got to learn to forgive God. And that's blasphemous. Yes. Never sinned. So he doesn't need forgiveness. We've sinned, but our sin is infinite because it's against an infinite God. It's not against ourselves so much as it's against an infinite God. And so it takes an infinite sacrifice to pay for that. And God's the only one that had the ability to provide an infinite sacrifice, his son, Jesus Christ. So if you say, I'm going to forgive myself, you're going to have to provide an infinite sacrifice. And you don't have that provision within yourself. And the issue is you need to simply accept and embrace and rejoice that God has provided for your forgiveness and that you trust his forgiveness to clean the slate for you with him. Yeah, no, I like that. And I, I'm reminded of uh, one of my pastors, and it's not that I've church hopped. It's uh, from the time I was saved to the time I retired, we were in seven churches because we moved seven times with the military. And uh, uh, I remember one of my pastors would say to people when talking about forgiveness and trusting God's forgiveness or what pastor just so eloquently pointed out and aptly, uh, we just got to let God be God. And part of the problem that we have, or I have, and I'm looking right at myself when I'm saying this is sometimes we get caught up looking at things from the world and we can't provide a sacrifice as pastor said, you know, we, we just got to trust in God, go to God, read God's word. And uh, dear friend, thank you for that question. Thank you, Pastor, for answering that exactly to the point. God does the forgiven. And uh, as Tony Evans said on his podcast a couple of years back, we do the living and uh, because of his forgiven. So friends, uh, we certainly are honored that you took the time to be with us today. If there's anything we can do to help you, please go out there on Facebook, Helpful Wounded Spirits page. Drop me a note or send me something at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Thank you, Pastor, for being with us. We sure do love you, folks. And hey, when you go out today, wear that smile that only God can give you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you 
But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.